Wisteria. Energy. 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 Hello everyone, welcome back to my channel. So, I want to take you on a journey of the rose and thorn path of witchcraft, which is my path. I'm a rose and thorn witch, okay? So let's get started. As you know, path of witchcraft has remained a secret for many centuries. Yes, wickers out there and other things, but I'm talking real witchcraft. It's shrouded in mystery, legend, superstition and the supernatural. Of course, we do have things that remained, largely because of the, well, two key authors, Charles Leland and Gerald Gardner. These men presented witchcraft as a contemporary practice during their lifetimes. Leland wrote in the late 19th century, Gardner in the mid-20th century. Authors in earlier periods certainly wrote about the practice of witchcraft, but Leland and Gardner were the first to sort of claim knowledge of witchcraft practices. However, <clears throat> that's all you, like most people, know, right? Since the writings of these two authors, many systems and traditions of witchcraft became well known, as did their founders, you know, lineage bearers, let's say. Bearers, sorry. Um, they do vary, though, from claims of antiquity to traditional and entirely modern. Um, but one of the lesser known systems is what um, it's practiced is referred to as the old world witchery not actually witchcraft it's witchery it differs <clears throat> in keywords from any traditional witchcraft or modern witchcraft the prime primary <clears throat> current of old world witchery is known as the path of the rose and thorn so the core elements of this system appear in a variety of witchcraft traditions and systems even those not based upon its composition. Should be noted that the Rose and Thorn Path doesn't identify itself as traditional witchcraft or as an offshoot. People claiming the label traditional witchcraft define it in such a way that the Rose and Thorn Path doesn't meet the constraints of qualification. However, the similarities are striking nonetheless. The primary difference is that the mythos of the Rose and Thorn Path doesn't contain law like the others. It doesn't contain anything related to culture from which elements seemingly originated. It's not solely a practice of sorcery, but almost something that one could call a religion of the old green wood. Old world witchery forms represent a protection and boundary, as well as initiation and enlightenment, you know, it's, um, there's challenges, challenges that lead to attainment, and thorns, they are symbols of acknowledgement for earned achievements in the rose and thorn path. The long-stemmed rose represents a ladder, the rose of thorns leading to enlightenment and attainment, the blossom. Other types of thorns appear as well in the symbolism of this system. So in our system, there's three primary thorns. There's the black thorn, the hawthorn, and the rose thorn. 
but these appear as the tips on the trident of the inner mysteries, which symbolises the empowered quest of a true seeker. It's the crossroads, the depths, the heights, the lightning flash of realisation. To wield the trident is to master the elements of one's own nature and character, which have been purified by the way of the thorns path. In this light, the trident symbolises the self in the centre flanked by the duality of transformative forces. The Hawthorn guards the mysteries from casual access. The Blackthorn challenges the seeker's dedication and the Rose reveals the portal that opens into the centre of all things. This centre is symbolised by the Rose Blossom. We'll get on with that sort of later as we go on. I'll get more into the details. The thorns, the sort of symbols of protection as well, and they're often associated with the legendary fairy thicket. This is why I'm so into the fae, because of this reason. Several ideas are attached, though, to sort of the theme of this thicket. One idea depicts that fairy thicket is a magical barrier protecting the fairy realm from being entered by ill-prepared or unworthy explorers. This barrier presents itself as a tangled border of vines, gnarled branches, covered with a myriad of menacing thorns. This keeps out the idle curious and invites the stout-hearted to a significant challenge. A fairy thicket can also be thought of as a type of maze, you know, in which the unwary become entrapped. Some people regard this in the mental sense of sort of becoming lost and confused, which is also known as being fairy-led into entanglement. So, <clears throat> it's a place where we would encounter mysteries. Um, you know, something that is not simple, challenging, but is worth it. It's an unpopular concept in modern times, but, you know, one that's time-proven nonetheless, so. No mystery is ever closed to an open mind. Thorns are symbols of challenge. They appear in tales of transformation and are often markers of endurance or sacrifice in order to achieve transformation. This theme even appears in the mystical forms of Christianity, the crown of thorns worn by Christ. His death on a tree, wooden cross, connects him to the plant kingdom and identifies him as a sacrificial lord of the harvest. This symbolism is in a, it's just, it's connected to the Greenwood realm. It's still connected, which is an integral part of the old world witchery. Watered down versions of the harvest lord appear in contemporary Wicca and neo-pagan ritual themes in order to make them more palatable, let's say. Connected to the old theme within the rose and the thorn path is the covenant of the blood. This involves a ritual exchange of three drops of human blood upon the crown of the rose bush for three drops of green blood, liquid chlorophyll. And that's chlorophyll, not chloroform. And it's taken orally something that actually I've done it's it's part of the initiation um into such a path 
and it's basically what chlorophyll is. It's basically plant juice. So it's like carrot juice, you know, things like that. The theme of the thorn is association with enlightenment or attainment. It isn't a common one. Most people may think that a thorn is always a deterrent. However, in old witchery, the rose thorn penetrates into the inner mysteries. In this context, it represents the catalyst, the initiating moment and the process leading to altered states of consciousness. The act of pricking by thorn can cause what is called blood poisoning. For the witch of the thorn path, this is viewed through metaphors and in this light, the witch is the pharmacute, that is, the alchemical botanist of the green realm. But more importantly, the witch is the seer, the seer of the mystical spirit behind manifestation. Witchcraft was once called venficium, a term that scholars define as witchcraft. In this same regard, a witch was called venifica, literally a poisoner. Poisoning through the magical arts was known as venificus. What, if ignored, however, is the fact that the root Latin word veni, is derived from Venus. The goddess Venus was originally a deity of cultivated gardens before she became a goddess of love. Hmm? It was the making of love potions from herbs and the accusation that love potions poisoned the will of its target. That is what stained the witch. It's one of the literal poisons. Others death throughout arts but you know in the public arena everything about the art of witchcraft was then interpreted and portrayed in this context it was about the love potions that's it that's what gave them the poisonous reputation because it was deemed as we poisoned <laughs> whatever people by messing with their free will basically. In shamanic traditions, we sometimes find the use of venoms. Um, it's a means of contacting powerful spirits. One example found in some American Indian traditions is the ritual act of allowing a rattlesnake to bite the ritual participant. The resulting intoxication alters the consciousness, which opens the person to inner levels of communication and non-material reality. It's an extremely dangerous and potential lethal method I, I do not, do not ever, 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 ever do that, okay? It's safer to work with spirits than it is to allow toxins into your body. Remember that. Never do it, but it is still used in some traditions, but that's, please never do that. Initiation into the rose and thorn path is, in its practical phase, one of the spirit sort of contacts at its core. It's, it's a green realm experience and entering into the mystical essence of plant spirits. So there's two levels connected to the experience of initiation and the transformation that takes place as a result. The first concept is that of the organic memory of the earth, and the second is a union with a specific plant entity who holds the key to interfacing with the unseen. This being is called 
she of the Bon Buddha Rose. The teachings of the Rose and Thorn Path are centred in the concept of the Descender Star, knowledge and its role in the soul's journey through material realm existence. This is rooted in the legend of the star entity named Califera, who descends and penetrates the earth, entering deep into its mystical core. This mythos sets the preface for what is called the Thorngate Teachings, which is a related teaching connecting the theme of the star being with the soul of the witch. It's a type of as-above-so-below philosophy that reflects the higher and lower nature. Herein we see the journey of the soul as a parallel to the mythos of the descended star entity that also moves from the celestial to the terrestrial and back again. The Thorngate concept um, immerses the soul, you know, having descended from the stellar realm, which is a metaphor for other world, you know, known by many other names. As the soul moves toward reincarnation, it's imprinted with a solar emanation and takes on a specific resonance. In occult philosophy, this imprint is a sun sign, as understood through the natal chart. In effect, this is a spiritual map or blueprint that's available to the soul at any given incarnation. In each lifetime, it serves to provide the soul with a separate persona through which to experience and work within each incarnation. By analogy, this isn't unlike an actor becoming an animator or an animating a character within a movie. As the process of reincarnation proceeds, the soul passes through a lunar emanation in which it's sort of enveloped in an astral form or a body, which will then become its flesh counterpart once it enters the material realm. In mortal form, the soul is connected to the spirit of the land and through this the soul can reunite with the organic memory of the earth. In the rose and thorn path, this is called shadow, which is the accumulated knowledge of all living things that died and were absorbed into the earth. The spoken affirmations of the thorn blood witch arises with these words. Are you ready guys? Repeat after me if you wish to do so. I am a thorn blood witch of the old ways. I am descended from the stars, fated by the sun, envisioned by the moon, given form by the land, and I stand with feet rooted in shadow and reach upward to the stars. Among the old beliefs preserved in the Rosenthal path, teachings it's the idea of lasting memory, and this is tied into the initiation by thorn. Stories persist through time about which blood and its importance with families possessing such lineage. One belief is that the witch grows in power each time she or he reincarnates in the same family bloodline. 
In some witch lore, it is believed that witch blood is a result of mating between mortals and fairies. Whatever the case may be, the blood of Thorn holds particular value and inner meaning for initiates of the Rose and the Thorn Path. A bold concept exists that's known as the Living River of Blood, which reflects the belief in a surviving element of well, ancestral memory. The belief is that our DNA, DNA conveys or transmits more than just the instructions on how to build us. It also carries an energy imprint that connects us to all in our bloodline who passed their DNA on to future generations. In the light, we're all present. We're present stewards of the living river of blood that flows from the generation to generation. But we do not allow in the memory chain. We don't let it come through. We don't, we don't learn from it. We don't grow it. And we're not alone. For there's another component, which is the principle of shadow. Beneath the surface of the land, lies the bone memory of all living things that died and were absorbed into the earth. Memory is retained in the mineral composition and plants absorb minerals through their roots. This makes them vessels through which shadow can be tapped and used by the witch. In the rose and thorn path, plant spirits are invoked in order to communicate with shadow. The collective memory of all witches who came before us resides in the shadow and is a vast, vast source which we can draw from, from our ancestors. It's through an established rapport with plant spirits that this becomes accessible to the witch. One phase of um, initiation rite involves establishing an intimate link with the previously mentioned spirit called she of the thorn blood rose. This entity serves as a go-between for mortals and plant spirits and is a powerful ally within the green realm. At one point in the initi initiation process, um, the initiate will offer three drops of her or his blood from a pricking by a rose thorn and this is mixed with water and poured out on the base of a dedicated rose bush. The initiate then drinks a sip of green blood liquid chlorophyll. It's an exchange of life fluids. Through this, the witch and the she of the thorn blood of rose join in a relationship that opens portals to the greenwood magic and its hidden realm of shadow. Among the means of connecting with shadow, is the use of what is called the Well of the Moon. It's envisioned as an old stone well with 27 stones forming the ledge and encircling the dark pool of water below. When viewed from above, it takes on the appearance of a dragon's eye. The water in the well is a deep black colour that doesn't reflect any image above it. It's a portal directly into shadow. And through mystical methods, the witch must enter into the black water and descend into the core of the organic memory of the earth. That's in our old rites, like I've explained. 
in the Rosenthal path, the ability to work effectively with Green Realm and to use techniques involving Shadow and the Well of the Moon is derived from a specific training known as the Gathered Thorns. It's composed of five levels of training, Herbalism, Magic, Spirit, Mediumship and Mysticism and Sea, Seer or Seership. Those I am off. I'm training all of those because I had to be. And I started my training from, I think it was, I can remember it from around about five, five years old, but I'm pretty sure my training begun when I was born, you know, something that is a family thing. So it's just always been there. I don't know. It's just always been there. It's represented by one of five red thorns encircling a black pentagon figure. The thorn itself as a symbol signifies the challenges and efforts involved in mastering each facet of training. The central black pentagon figure symbolizes shadow and the thorns are the blood links to it, which is why each thorn is colored red in the thorn path imagery of the gathered thorns design. To gather a thorn is to complete a phase of training. The thorn symbol represents several concepts within the thorn path system of witchcraft. Thorny thickets are often regarded as protection and in some tales, they're guardians and barriers that guard mystical doorways and passages. This theme is essential in the approach of the inner mysteries and how the way is bared upon. Witchcraft isn't, in the view of the Rose and Thorn Path, a practice that simply involves spells, recipes and methods. It's not just that. It's a realisation of the mystical web that connects all things and the witch's place and role in it all. It's the enchanted worldview of our ancestors, which is kept alive and adapted to practical needs of contemporary life. This isn't, however done to the degree that sacrifices the time-proven and time-honoured ways of witchcraft in favour of modern trends and politics. It just doesn't. We become pharmacoots, and that was its Latin way, which is pharmaceutical. We become pharmacoots, we become seers. The rose and thorn path, the focus, is on the spiritual botany as opposed to the common idea of which is an herbalist. The practices are more of an um, etheric alchemy than they are in the practice of a witch as a material herbalist. Physical plants are certainly used in the system, but they are viewed as connections and conduits to non-material reality and the beings within it that are reachable through the portal of material plant realm. What is sought is contact and communication with the chthonic spirits that are attached to specific plants, particularly the traditional plants associated with witchery, old witchcraft. But these spirits do not readily make themselves available, nor are they naturally predisposed to a benevolent relationship with any witch or any, any all of humankind. They don't have to be nice. They can be just as, um, <clears throat> what's the word, tricky as they can be, you know, nice. You have to gain a reliable, practical support from the spirits. 
and it's advisable to be begin with the she of the thorn-blooded rose, who will in turn introduce the seeker to the mandrake spirit. The mandrake is the natural conduit between humans and the green realm. Demonstrates this by nature, you know, by forming its root to resemble human shape. Its power in the green realm has earned the mandrake the title of the sorcerer's root. To bear such a root keeps the witch in the stream of the greenwood magic and all that it reaches. The witch of the rose and thorn path carries a small pouch bearing the rose thorn of initiation. I have mine upstairs by my bed. It's got a pinch of soil from crossroads, a small portion of cemetery dust. Finally, ground uh, bark from a tree, centre of the cemetery. A piece of mandrake root. Now, we do add other items that are more personal to it. Plan of a shot, you guys. But I have it. It's my mojo bag. It's got everything in it from when I was initiated. You know? Um... It's a blood path. It's it's old witchery is essentially done a lot through blood and bloodline and lineage. That's what mine is. So there's certain things that you should have. You have to tend to a shadow garden as well. That's why I always go on about my shadow garden. A shadow garden will contain plants used in magic rituals and things like that. It's value not only for connective roots that move down into the organic memory of the earth, but also as a place where ritual debris, debris is buried. And that's the thing if, you know what, right? And I always, I never, <laughs> to be honest, I always, I do think about it sometimes, but like the amount of things I've buried in my shadow garden, like the spells I've done and stuff, right? And you know, like, I just, you know, I don't even want to go in it, but I think, uh, one day, maybe someone's going to dig all that up and be like, what the heck, you know? I mean, it's probably going to come at some point, but, you know. The latter involves the concept of passing the memory of each rite into the soil, where in turn the plants absorb this through their roots. In this way, the ancient memories contained in shadow are blended with the memory of each contemporary rite. The plants then become vessels for the... Rituals, of course they do. I mean, what else would they... They're like... Um, they're like us... I don't know how to put it. They're like our spirit guys, you know. It builds a sturdy bridge between past present practitioners of witchcraft. And through this, spiritual lineage is born by practitioners in the living generation. Every shadow garden contains a dedicated rose bush. My roses are in the front. I'm sure lots of you have seen that. This becomes the interfacing point for communing with the she of the thorn-blooded rose. It also connects with the theme of the witch as a pharmacute, which in turn links to the archaic plant nature of the goddess Venus, who is also known as the Lady of the Rose. The physical plants are under her care and domain, while the spirits of the plants belong to she of the thorn-blooded rose. Within the shadow garden, plants are grouped into divisions and each sector is assigned a subject matter such as love, prosperity, protection, success or health. 
Plants corresponding to these matters are placed in the appropriate section of the garden. The debris from the spell our ritual is worked in that particular area and obviously it's also buried in that particular area. And it's really important not to put toxic uh, in the soil, anything toxic that's going to hurt the plants or anything like that, you know. Another element of the shadow garden is the idea of the thorn blood connection to the spirit of the land and to the greenwood realm itself. That, you know, the blood that's offered to the land establishes a covenant between witch and shadow. The life essence of blood from the living passes into the organic memory of the earth. This links witch to, to all of those who came before and after all the memories that reside in the earth, everything. The blood freely, it's freely offered by the witch, becomes a connective nerve through which shadow can be aroused. In turn, the act connects the witch with the spirit of the land and the many spirits that dwell in the area. The witch becomes known through all that the blood can reveal. When embraced by all these spirits and entities, the witch then becomes a knower and the circle is completed. That's where I'm at, guys, in my path. I'm pretty up there. When blood is mixed with some water and poured out on the crown of the plant, which the crown of the plant is that just above its roots, by the way, a covenant is established between the witch and the spirit of the plant. This also makes the witch kindred to the spirit, which opens the way for communication. It's a type of blood brother exchange, red for green. It takes place, human and plant. From this is formed the bloodkin relationship. The result helps to create a rapport and a trust between both. This covenant is vital. It's vital for us, especially which is the pharmaceut in the eyes of the plants and spirits. It's vital. Ever vain blossom is the special symbol of the old covenant. In the ways of the rose and thorn path, thorns penetrate into the inner places. But the rose teaches that thorns can also be ladders to enlightenment. This is why the thorn path symbol of Mystery Rose depicts rings of thorns along the stem, leading to a blossom. To reach for the blossom and in the process be pierced by thorns, it is to be transformed in mind, body and spirit. So, um... I know it can be quite hard to understand and, and I appreciate that. Our, the old witchery is very hard to understand. And before we go on to the next part or anything, I want to make this very clear. It's a chosen path. It's a path I was brought up in. I don't know any different. It's all I know. Um, it is a blood path. It's an exchange of blood and trust. Um... It's nothing at all like Wiccan or modern Wicca or even some modern witchcraft. It's completely different. 
I haven't met anybody yet who practices the same way as I do. And that's a shame, but, you know, it happens, I guess. And that's what's made me feel so alone. Um, you know, in a way, I don't mind being alone. It's empowering. But in another way, sometimes you just wish that there was someone that could understand you on your level of your craft um, and understand the path that you're going so that they can be with you and, you know, join on the journey and, and things. But that's life, I guess. So, yeah. When we come back, we'll continue with my path and we'll go over it sort of step by step until hopefully you can understand then why I am the way I am, what kind of craft I actually do and what it all sort of means in, in the bigger picture. But yeah, thank you for joining me and this journey and I hope that you enjoy learning about it. I um I used to be very laid back and I I guess not laid back but I wouldn't tell anybody anything about what I did um or my path or what it was really about but it's okay to share because Everybody's different, we all learn differently, and we all have different paths, and that's okay. So that's why I just thought, what the heck, I'm just going to put it out there. So yeah, come back next time, and join me as we journey through my path, and we're going to go right back to where I started, and hopefully at the end, you'll sort of see where I am now, let's see. Thank you for listening to this part and many blessings. Wisteria, Wisteria. Wisteria. Energy. 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 Twister. 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 Twister.